Hello everyone and welcome to the SINT second quarter 2022 results presentation. My name is Nadia and I'll be coordinating the call today. If you would like to ask a question at the end of the presentation, please press star followed by one on your telephone keypad. I will now hand over to your host, Tom Bullman, CEO of SINT to begin. Tom, please go ahead. Thanks very much, Nadia, um, and good morning, everybody. It's a pleasure to be here uh, to uh, talk to you about our uh, Q2 results. I mean, without uh, without kind of getting to, into the details, I mean, overall, we feel really good about our Q2 um, and uh, equally, you know, optimistic about the future. But we will uh, we will talk about that um, as we get into it. Um, if we move to the next slide, uh, I'm just going to spend a couple of minutes here because um, we do have somebody new here. So myself, you. Um, you, uh, you've, you've met multiple times, um, as, as Joachim as well, but, um, but as you know, um, uh, we've got, uh, Britta, um, as our interim CFO at the moment. So I think it would be helpful, Britta, if you just say a little, a few words about yourself and introduce yourself. Yes. Hello. This is Britta. Uh, happy to be on the call and especially happy to be with Sint now. Um, I have a strong background also with an investment banking. I have done a lot of interim CFO mandates and a couple of uh, post-merge integrations and also IPO the company. So really happy to be with Sint where everything is combined. Fantastic. Good. Very good. Thank you. Um, so in terms of uh, in terms of agenda, um, we are obviously going to talk about Q2, um, uh, integration of Lucid. wanted to give you uh, an update on that because that's obviously very topical and very important. And then, as usual, uh, we're going to go through a more detailed financial update with summary and plenty of time for Q&A as well. Um, before we do that, I know there's uh, – if we move to uh, slide number uh, four, please. There are a couple of new folks on the call. Um, uh, this might be a little bit of uh, a repetition for uh, some of you, but it's just a couple of slides. Um, so, really, uh, in, in, in a nutshell – we are the global leader in uh, connected consumer insights. What we do is we connect brands or companies on the left-hand side there at the top who want to ask questions with a whole bunch of consumers on the right-hand side who've uh, agreed to answer questions. And we do that in a very smart, uh, using very smart technology. Right? That's, that's basically us in a nutshell. Um, in terms of operational KPIs, um, we have now uh, done our best to combine those. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about those in a couple of slides' time, but you will see, you know, very nice upticks on uh, B2B consumers, uh, B2B customers, um, connected consumers, and of course also completed surveys. We'll delve more into that uh, in a couple of slides' time. And then just by way of a reminder, on the bottom right there, you can see, uh, you know, how much of a uh, or two things that, that stand out there really. One is how global our business is. Um, uh, in terms of uh, in terms of geographic uh, spread, which is really important for our uh, particularly you know multi-country, international, and and global customers, and uh, how much of a US skew we're now we've now gotten with our um, uh, with our combination with Lucid, right? Almost 60% uh, of revenue now coming from the uh, from the Americas. If we move to the next slide, just a very brief uh, recap on our on our strategy, and I and I throw that up again because. Um, it's, it is repetition, um, but that's because we think we're doing the right thing uh, and we're planning to continue doing this. So, so I do want to just do a, a couple of minutes of refresh on that. So in terms of the, the red circles there moving left to right, um, key part of what we're trying to do and, and, and we continue to do successfully is increasing the share of wallet with established insight companies. They are growing very nicely, as you, you may have seen in the report uh, that we released earlier today. Um, the tech enabled, um, uh, again, key part of our strategy. They, they are kind of the, 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 the long-term future of our industry in our view. 
uh, in many ways, and 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 we are definitely um, hitching our wagon um, to to um, those partners as well. New customer acquisition, um, uh, really important. Uh, keeps feeding the pipeline, and and we've had a very good uh, very good quarter actually uh, on new customer acquisition, which which is one of the reasons for our uh, optimism about the future. And then of course, you know, software platform. Um, we are, we can't stand still at all. We keep having to evolve and want to evolve that. So that's a big focus um, going forward for us as well. Um, M&A, uh, we've done we've done a couple of a couple of transactions uh, recently uh, in terms of Gapfish and of course Lucid. Um, so it is absolutely part of our thinking going forward. But for the time being, that is um, that is something that is that is uh, not on pause. I would say because we keep you know talking to folks and, and and seeing what's out there in the marketplace, but not a priority. I would say at this point uh, at this point in time. Just a recap on our financial targets, and I do reaffirm those. Um, uh, we're not planning to change those. Um, uh, uh, we're, you know, very confident in being able to get to um, organic net sales growth of 25% uh, in the medium term, and, and equally and in parallel, get, get to an EBITDA margin of 25% uh, also in the medium term with um, no, no plan to pay any dividends. So with that, um, that's a quick recap on us. Let's let's move to the uh, to the sort of Q2 highlights on slide number seven, and 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 this is what we uh, you know we're proud of this, right? So we've got uh, net sales of um, 23 and a bit million uh, on a on a pro forma basis year on year, with, with which is uh, which is 18 percent on a constant currency basis, and then if you look at that on a uh, for the first half of the year. That uh, goes up to 21% on a co- constant currency basis, which you know is, a, is, is perhaps a, a, a true measure of uh, of how we're doing. Um, what I would say is, um, I think that those are really good results um, in my view. Um, if you think about Q2 uh, in particular last year, that was a that was a mega quarter, uh, and it really was on the back of you know kind of uh, post-COVID recovery. Uh, across a lot of our clients, so so um, you know we're really pleased with uh, we're really pleased with the uh, revenue momentum here. Um, it's across the board. Uh, you'll see that uh, coming through both in uh, on the marketplace, uh, which is our sort of core business, and on media measurement. Um, and we'll talk more about that kind of regional split uh, in a couple of slides' time. Um, but very encouragingly, and I know there was some discussion around you know our 12 percent uh, or thereabouts EBITDA uh, in Q1. Um, we're now at 17.7, right? So, so I think we've done we've done a really nice job at 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 um, bringing up the EBITDA compared to 13.4 at the same time uh, last year on a pro forma basis. And really, it's 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 a function of the scale benefits and and the synergies starting to come through. And I do have a couple of slides on the synergies in particular. I know it's a it's a point of of of, of big interest, um, and so I've got a couple of slides on that uh, coming shortly. Uh, integration updates, um, you know, definitely reaffirming the uh, synergies of 40 million. Um, and, and I would also say that we are ramping up faster on those than we had originally planned when we put the plan together back in uh, September, October last year. And that really is because we're focusing very much on the uh, OPEX side of things, which obviously is, is very much um, in, our, uh, in our control. If we could uh, move to the next slide, please. And here we're going to look at net sales development. And this is on a, on a pro forma basis. And really, I think the the message here is in the black box at the bottom. It's, it's, it's positive in all segments, in all regions, and in all customer types. Um, and that, to me, is 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 one of the reasons I'm, I'm I'm optimistic because about the future, because you know we we have not not yet seen um, uh, kind of uh, apart from perhaps a little bit on measurement, uh, we've really not seen um, uh, a kind of a dampening of demand, um, which is which is really encouraging. And and you know as you can see here for Q2, you know very positive 
progress uh, across across you know both um, measurement marketplace in across all the three regions and across both customer customer types that we um, that we uh, that we talk about um, if we move to the next slide um, then what we've now got is the operational KPIs which are now including lucid right so uh, that was a, a, a something we wanted to do is, is to combine those what, what I would say is we've not restated backwards on a pro forma basis right so so what you see here is kind of the black black uh, um, histograms are, are kind of sent only or legacy sent only, I should say, and then and then you've got the kind of the combo in the red uh, in the red bars on each of those. But so so kind of over time we'll get a, a good sense of uh, we'll get a good sense of progression. But but really I mean it's it, it's a very nice picture and and it's it's I think again one of the reasons that that I'm optimistic is we can we continue to land B2B customers, which is important. Um, we are we are expanding our our kind of network. Uh, significantly expanding our network of connected uh, connected consumers, which we obviously need. It's, uh, it's in, in many ways our, our sort of uh, raw material um, um, and, and very important. And then the end product, obviously, is a bit of those two connected consumers and B2B customers are the completed surveys. So it's uh, I think to, to, to me this says you know it's 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 a strong uh, evidence of of current momentum. Um, and and is very indicative of uh, kind of the building blocks um, that we're putting in place to 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 maintain that um, into uh, into the future. So um, if we could go on to the uh, slide 11, please. Um, I do want to talk, as I said, a little bit about the uh, about the integration. So in our view, we're ahead of plan, and and we're starting to see the synergies um, ramping up from uh, from Q2. So. Just to recap, we had a whole bunch of uh, integration work streams. We kicked those off very early in uh, in Q1, and we're starting really to get a sense of much tighter alignment between the uh, between the two legacy organisations. I was uh, earlier this week, just by way of anecdote, I was in Barcelona, uh, and we had a, a, an operations and commercial summit. Obviously, all the all the kind of uh, whole bunch of people there, and you could just sense. It was face to face, which is really important. You could just sense uh, uh, sort of much tighter alignment in terms of objectives, in terms of ways of working, in terms of kind of just just getting on and 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 focusing on the business, than than perhaps with a little bit more uh, kind of uncertainty in the organisation that we had um, in Q1, uh, particularly. Now, in terms of what are we going to do next? Um, so uh, we're going to start the, the the functional operational level integration um, uh, in H2. Uh, and that's obviously then uh, aligning very closely with the three-year strategic business plan that we um, that we discussed and got agreed with our board um, uh, a month or so ago. Um, importantly, um, and I do believe in this, uh, it, we we had a combined a new mission, vision, and value statement that we're that we've rolled out in the business, communicated in a whole bunch of workshops, and it was it was not just a top-down exercise; it was bottom-up and 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 then and then communicated out. Uh, and that that really is starting to see uh, a good 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 kind of uh, evidence of that in the in, in the integration work and also just in the general sort of team building and how and how folks are, are interacting. In terms of focus, um, a big part of what we're focusing on is this lead to cash process. So as you can imagine, you know, two two you know more or less equally sized businesses, um, you know, different IT systems, different different invoicing, different you know all, all sorts of you know different accounting, obviously um, uh, IFRS and GAP. So so, you know, harmonizing that, which is not yet done, but, but it's an absolute key priority, is going to yield tremendous benefits, both uh, operationally uh, in terms of efficiency, but also but also financially in terms of savings. So um, that is a big focus. Um, we've done some very deep planning um, in, in, in Q2, 
and now we're going to uh, kick that off uh, now in uh, in August, uh, in earnest, if you like. Um, just a, a recap on the uh, synergies and integration cost update. So, so we talked about an announcement 40 million. We're definitely um, uh, reaffirming that number at least, at least 40 million. Uh, and I would say we are ramping up faster than we than we originally expected. Uh, and this is by the OPEX, and I'll, and I'll show you a slide on that on the uh, on the next slide when we get to it. And the benefits from that we're, we're starting to see in uh, in Q2, and, and we'll continue to do that. In terms of the uh, non-recurring integration costs, um, we did say about 40 million. Um, so far in H1, I think we've incurred about 9 million, um, and and uh, you know the bulk of that is going to get taken in uh, 2022. If we uh, if we move to the next slide, uh, I do want to talk a little bit about the uh, the, the, the uh, deep dive on the uh, on the headcount because. This is this is kind of gives a little bit of view of a flavor, I hope, of, of how we're thinking about it and how we're how we're taking action. So, overall headcount is reduced uh, in line with the synergy plan, but earlier than we originally thought. Right. So, if you look at the uh, the sort of three bars, we the combo at close had about 1,050 uh, total headcount. Um, then we spent a lot of Q1 was was about you know setting up and communicating with go forward combined org with with the leadership appointed and the L2s appointed and so on. Um, so to give clarity to the to the employees as to what we're trying to do and 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 the direction we're trying to head and who they report to and all that kind of stuff really important. But in parallel, we had a a you know significant focus on identifying and also actioning you know the initial opex uh, uh, synergies, and and that was a combination of you know operational optimization. We had some harmonization of processes and and you know in in in, in some cases obviously some 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 overlap. And you can see what the, um, the, the, the the kind of the benefit of that was that um, we 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 ended up at the um, 30th of June with uh, a little bit over 80 people less than we started with at the combo. And so uh, the reason I put this up is to give you a little bit of a sense of, of, of how we're thinking about the synergies and uh, not so much talking about them but actually doing it. Right. So so this is this is kind of uh, hopefully gives you a little bit of a flavour of how uh, how we're approaching uh, how we're approaching that. And with that, um, Joachim, I'm now going to pass over to you uh, if we move to slide uh, 14 uh, for the uh, financial update. Perfect. Thank you, Tom. So on page 14, the financial highlights. And for the ones that have listened to us in the past, you will recognize this slide. But this quarter, we have put some more data on it. It looks a little bit messy, maybe, but just to explain why and what before we dig into the numbers. You will see that the black bars here on this page represent our reported numbers. That means that the 2021 numbers is legacy synth and the amount of gap fish, whilst the 2022 numbers also include lucid. The dark red bars in the same graphs represent synth organic and lucid, which is probably more interesting uh, for the like for like performance. That is also what we call the performer numbers. So now the numbers, uh, and there will be some repetition from what Tom mentioned already, but firstly, to your left, we delivered a net sales of 73.2 million euros in the second quarter. And if we translate that into performer numbers, we saw a 28% growth year over year with good contribution from all businesses and all segments. Secondly, our gross profit was 46.2 million in the quarter, which corresponded to a 63.1% gross margin. This is an improvement of 1.8 percentage points from last quarter, Q1 this year, 
but more or less unchanged to last year on a pro forma basis. Then thirdly to your right, our adjusted EBTA was 13 million for the quarter and the margin was 17.7%, which again is a good uptick from the previous quarter's 12.1%. On a pro forma basis, we improved the margin from 13.4% to 17.6%. Let's now move to the next page and drill a bit deeper into the profitability analysis. And here we have our usual slide with a more detailed P&L and the longer trend of our margin. A couple of comments to this page. First of all, uh, and as highlighted in the table to your right, we can conclude that the adjusted total net operating expenses is more or less the same in this quarter compared to the last quarter, which is in line with our plan to manage more revenue with more or less the same cost base this year. This is good and a sign of scalability. We internally and, and you should, of course, look at this over a longer time period, too, and we expect the last 12 months ratio to come down over time, again, as a proof of the scalability. This is also the main reason for the margin expansion this quarter. Total integration cost this quarter was 5.2 million, which is slightly higher than Q1 this year, but our forecast of around 40 million is unchanged, which means that it will increase slightly in the second half of the year. The last 12 months adjusted EBITDA margin increased from 16% last quarter to 16.5% in this quarter. Next page, please. Uh, on this slide, we have our cash flow statement, which now is clean from transaction-related disturbing items that we talked about last quarter but there obviously is still a burden, call it, from the integration cost. A couple of key takeaways on this slide. Uh, so first, uh, and highlighted on the right-hand side, the operating cash flow before changes in working capital was 6.4 million. And then from this, we take away 7.5 million as changes in working capital, which mainly is driven by higher accounts receivables. And the ones that follow us and know us will remember that our business is tying up working capital as we grow, but in the integration work, we are looking into ways of getting more efficient in our processes, and we aim uh, to see some improvements going forward. Operating cash flow uh, was then consequently negative, 1.1 million, but a clear improvement from the first quarter this year. We ended the year with almost 50 million of cash and a net debt of 71.7 million. With that, back to you, Tom. Thanks, Joachim. Um, if we just move to the final slide, I mean, you have seen, seen this before, um, but, you know, similar to the, uh, to the strategy section, I, I, I really do believe that, that, that these are the, the, the key things that are driving, helping to drive our business. Uh, in terms of a massive underlying market, um, we still, even with the combo, have probably uh, 10% or so market share, so plenty, plenty of room to grow. Um, and you know the structural shift uh, towards digitization is, is 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 continuing and it's accelerating. It it accelerates during COVID. Um, um, you know who, who knows what's going to happen macroeconomically and macropolitically um, in the future over the next uh, year or two. No idea. But what I do know is that that you know the structural shift will continue. Really, really believe that, and we will benefit from that. 
Um, we're very well positioned um, at the very centre of the uh, of the value chain. You know, we 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 really are uh, the essential part of the uh, of the quality of research chain because we're providing respondents, which is which is exactly what 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 brands and and market research companies want. Um, I think we we have, uh, especially now in the combo, uh, complementary and additive value props. Uh, with, a, with you know, definitely more global scale, as you can see in the number of uh, connected consumers um, that we now have access to. Um, and, you know, as we, you know, I would say proudly said, you know, uh, over the last few minutes, I mean, we are delivering profitable growth, right? We are definitely delivering profitable growth. And we plan to continue doing so. Um, and and then in terms of the synergies, uh, uh, it's been a little bit of talk so far. I, I get that. You know, it, it, it probably made sense during the, you know, when we did the initial pitch in October. But, but I also understand that the, the proof of the pudding is, is, is when we start delivering them. But um, I, I, I hope you get a sense now that, uh, that we are starting to deliver them. And you know, as as I've tried to explain with the uh, with the headcount uh, slide, how we how we are thinking about that. So overall, um, you know, pleased with our pleased with our Q2. Um, um, so so happy from a from from kind of management uh, and board perspective on that. Um, and you know, um, equally optimistic uh, about the future as well. And um, with that, Nadia, I'm uh, going to pass uh, back to you um, to uh, for uh, questions, please. Thank you. If you would like to ask a question today, please press star followed by one on your telephone keypads. If you choose to withdraw your question, please press star followed by two. When preparing to ask your question, please ensure your phone is unmuted locally. And our first question today comes from Daniel Ovin of Nordia. Daniel, please go ahead. Your line is open. Yes. Good morning, Tom, Joachim and Britta. And congratulations on a very good uh, Q2 report here. Um, my first question is around the overall macro uh, weakness that we're seeing. And you also mentioned in the report uh, that you uh, feel that you think you will be resilient. But maybe you can elaborate on whether you have seen any weakness in any region or in any business segment. And also following up on that, I mean, you have been around since 1998. So uh, perhaps uh, you have some notice on what have happened in, in previous situations where you have seen macroeconomic uh, weakness. Uh, that's my first question. Thank you. Sure. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, and, and, and thanks for attending this morning. Um, so, so in terms of, um, uh, I mean, in terms of the macro, in terms of macro situation, what, what a couple of things. So, um, I've said this in the past, I would say three things. First of all, I mean, brands still need to have questions answered, right? Whatever's happening. And in some ways, turbulence helps us, as I've said in the past. And, and, um, you know, we are in very, you know, perhaps increasingly, some would say, turbulent times. Um, but that just, that just increases the need for brands to, uh, for brands to, you know, to ask questions of their consumers, um, uh, of their competitors, consumers, and so on. And, and that's something, that's a pattern we saw, um, during COVID, um, and, and in previous, uh, uh you know, kind of, uh, macroeconomic, uh, macroeconomic, uh, sort of downturns as well. So one is, you know, um, you know, turbulence breeds uncertainty, uncertainty breeds, you know, uh, drives the need for questions. So that would be, um, that'd be number one. Secondly, I would say um, we definitely are targeting some demand synergies between the combo, right? And though there's, on the demand side, uh, OPEX we've done, I think we've done pretty well. On the demand side, uh, we're, we're starting to, to, to see those, but we're very, very early. Um, but they will come. I'm convinced that we will get the demand synergies. Um, the second, uh, sort of related to that, um, the other thing is this is a midterm year in the U.S., 
right? Um, and and historically, particularly the legacy Lucid side has been very strong um, um, in terms of uh, in terms of providing respondents and very quick dipstick uh, uh, for the uh, for the midterms, right? And and so I'm you know that that for, the, for this year in particular um, makes me makes me confident for uh, for the back end for the back half of the year. And then finally, and you said that, right? So, so you know, none of us can predict what the future holds, and past performance is not a guarantee of future success. Absolutely not. But nevertheless, we have been around for you know for for quite a long time, and I would say our track record of weathering storms is pretty good. Um, and 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 so you know, those three those three things combined do make me do make me confident about the future. Now, in terms of your specific question, have we seen any 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 kind of short term weakness? Um, what I would say is on medium measurement, as I said in the um, in the written report, uh, a little bit that that has started. It's also I would say our product line or our value proposition that is most closely linked to advertising spend, obviously because it measures advertising spend or advertising effectiveness. Whereas you know the bulk of our business is 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 positive research, right? That's opinions about about things. So it is perhaps the most the most uh, advertising spend exposed product line. Um, but I don't think it's going to have a material impact impact uh, for for this year overall. In terms of you asked about um, about regions, um, no, nothing nothing that, that that's cropped up. There's there's um, in general um, we had we had uh, a couple of a couple of softer weeks in some regions at the end of June, um, and and you know the first week in July is generally very quiet, particularly in the US for obvious you know kind of uh, Holiday reasons, but since then we've had you know really substantial pickup in week uh, two and three in July. So, so I would say from where from where we're sitting, and, and the other thing I would say is you know Ipsos, who released their uh, quarterly results, um, I think a day or two ago, had a you know had a really good uh, Q2 and H1 overall, right? And they're big, big and important clients of ours. So, you know there there is. I, I think yeah, I, I, I remain optimistic. I really do. Um, I, I mean, I can't predict the future. Obviously not. But I would say is we're, we're, we're optimistic, but not oblivious. Right. So, so yes, we're being thoughtful. Yes, we're obviously looking at all the uh, all the indicators and, and 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 looking at looking at you know kind of both on the demand side and another indicator that we that we learned was very um, important was um, how quickly clients are paying, particularly during COVID. Uh, we have the DSOs creeping up a bit, so we're we're monitoring stuff carefully. So we're 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 keeping a close eye on things. But so far, I I, I remain very optimistic. Does that help, Daniel? Helpful. Yeah, that's very helpful. Thank you very much. Uh, actually, you you uh, came into the next question I have uh, slightly there actually, and that was on the uh, account uh, receivables, and and they seems to be up quite significantly, even if you adjust for the uh, acquisition and you look at the last 12 months performer sales. If I calculate, it looks like they're up like it from 22% to 36%, something like that. And I mm-hmm. then wonder if if that is due to lucid more reporting, you know, only commission sales. And, and since reporting the full sales, or is there anything else uh, in that measure that uh, we should be aware of that that drives this increase? No, I'll, I'll, I'll let yeah. Curtis speak to that in a second. But but at a, or, or, or Joachim. So but in okay. a, in a uh, sorry, go for it. No, well, sorry, I interrupted you. I was going to comment on it. Do you want to go to Tom? No, what I was going to say is, it is something we're we're very we're very focused on, um, and and will be again uh, sort of go, go, going forward. But um, 
um, Joachim or Britta. Do you want to pick that one up? Yeah, maybe I can go in and just give a technical explanation, uh, Daniel. I mean, first of all, uh, I think you are on it because we have on the Lucy side, as you remember, a big portion of their business is recognized on a net revenue basis. So if you continue to, uh, but they're processing, as you say, they're processing the payments for suppliers and customers, or we are, as you say. <laughs> Uh, the um, what we are what we are doing in our report in the notes is that we are then uh, giving you total consumer spend. So that's kind of how to gross up lucid volume. And if you ri- drive uh, or run the uh, networking capital over that total consumer spend KPI, it's not that dramatic. Uh, it's, it's actually actually in line with the previous quarter's growth. Okay, perfect. That, that's uh, what I uh, suggest, suspected, actually. Uh, but also, um, one question then also on the gross margin. So it seems like on a performa basis, uh, you're not talking about it being flat on a year-over-year basis. And if I'm right, in Q1, it was actually down a bit. Uh, and I wonder, have you taken any measures here, either on um, uh, you know price increases or have you been in negotiation with, with panels on, on supply prices or anything like that? Have you basically, have you taken any measures to to uh, help the gross margin. Uh, that's my last question. Thank you. You okay? No, you wanna, right. uh, yeah. If I uh, if I start, I think what you uh, what we talked about last quarter in Q1, uh, we had a lower gross margin on legacy synth, um, which was driven by the disinvestments we made into the supply. Um, then I think I mentioned them too that we saw that and then we managed to cross margin up a bit towards the end of Q1, uh, but we still ended that quarter with a lower than last year um, cross margin. This quarter we have continued to stay a little bit more close to it and managed a little bit more careful. So on the legacy sin side, we are now back up again uh, to say. So we ended Q1 on the higher level and we maintained that level during Q2. So that helps. Those are all my questions. Thank you very much. Thanks, Daniel. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you. And our next question comes from Predrag Savinovic of Carnegie Investment Bank. Predrag, please go ahead. Your line is open. Thank you, operator. Good morning, Sint and team. Uh, well done this this quarter. I'll, I'll follow up with a few questions um, on the same topic as Daniel initiated with. I think, Tom, uh, you say in the report the market is more stable, uh, growth path, path is more sustainable generally, um, and, and I guess you kind of hint that we should see organics in line with this quarter for the rest of the year. Uh, please let me know if that's the case. And then the other question here is, uh, what makes you say this? So you gave the, the Ipsos uh, example, but are you seeing uh, your business become, you know, the visibility increase further? Are you seeing the market generally or the business environment as, as less uh, less volatile? Any certain contracts you, you have that gives you this uh, this confidence? I'll start there. Yeah. Hi, Patrick. Good morning. Um, so it's no, I, I wouldn't. I, I don't think our visibility is any is any is any greater. I think the visibility is the same that uh, that that, that uh, we've had um, in the uh, in in the in the past, um, but. You know the, the the kind of the fundamentals of our of our growth, which is you know are our uh, you know are the established clients still spending money? Uh, yes, they, they yes they they continue to do that. Are the tech enabled guys uh, uh, growing as as we would expect them to do? Yes, they are. And then the you know a key part of, uh, uh, of that, of course, is how is our new biz 
activity in uh, happening because generally speaking, when when things get a little bit tougher economically, it, it tends to be that the new business um, becomes a little bit more challenging because you know customers tend to spend money in in a way that you know to people that they that they are familiar with in general. That's what we found at least. Um, and and you know our, our new business activities are are really very very good right now. We're lending we're lending new new logos, new customers. At a at a very good rate. Now, you know, is, it, is there a guarantee they're all going to spend loads of money in the quarters to come? As I've said in the past, no, it's not a guarantee, but it's a good indication that that you know people are still open to um, um, to, to to kind of doing you know d- d- different ways of uh, of accessing respondents. So, you know, I would say those things make me do do make me uh, kind of you know confident and optimistic um, about uh, about the future. Great, thank you very much, Tom. Um, and then to, to Joachim or Britta on the cash flows, there is a, there is a big sequential improvement here uh, from, from Q1, but we're still in negative territory when it comes to free cash flow, uh, as should be expected. Uh, and we know that cash flow is H2 tilted for Synth and Lucid as well, as you previously said. But if you can give any, any flavor or comfort in, in this uh, for the remainder of the year, uh, is there anything you can say in, in terms of the cash flow profile for the remaining two quarters. Uh, yeah, in fact, if I uh, start, uh, I think you're right. I mean, we see an improvement from Q1 to Q2. That one reason for that is because we now leave the transaction costs behind us. Uh, and as I mentioned, it's now more, more clean in a way. Um, then EBTA as such, I mean, Q2 and Q3 are bigger quarters, and Q4 will be the biggest quarters, as we've said um, in the beginning of the year two, due to the seasonality. Um, so we have that in mind, and then we see the working capital, and then we have started a few initiatives there. Uh, and then you have the integration costs that will continue to burden operating cash flow. But yes, that should be uh, that should be an improvement, and it should be more clean going forward. Okay, fantastic. And then, uh, then a final question, also on accounts receivables. Uh, these have been growing, and, and there have been other companies in our universe lately where uh, they've been questioned on the health of accounts receivables uh, when you know the balance sheet has been expanding. So, I wonder if you could give a reason a bit on these items on your balance sheet. Um, uh, you, you gave a comment there in terms of how they will convert to cash flows, but generally, in terms of the health of these uh, bad debts, any any comments regarding payments which are overdue and so on. Yes, we are closely monitoring. So far, we do not see any issues in this, but yeah, especially given the macroeconomic environment, of course, it's a watch out area. But as I said, we set up a new process, so we are on top of those. Thanks. And don't see the risk in there at the moment. Okay, no, that's great. Thank you very much. Thanks, Pedro. Thanks, Pedro. Thank you. And our next question comes from Victor Hodgberg of Danske Bank. Victor, please go ahead. Your line is open. Yes, good morning. Uh, so, just a brief question on the gross margin. I don't know if you mentioned this, but. Uh, we could calculate maybe from the report uh, backwards, or if you could help us with what the gross margin and the EBITDA margin in Lucid was in Q2, that would be very helpful. Uh, um, Joachim? Yeah, I think uh, I think you probably can back that out. 
um, from the report. I mean, we are internally not not talking about it and not following up on the performance in that way any longer because we, we look at the company as one company now and we also see, I mean, we'll see even more so uh, volume shift and so on between companies and legal entities. So it's getting more and more difficult to follow up on a company since the company lucid uh, kind of basis. Um, but probably probably you can figure out from the report. I don't have it in front of me, to be honest. Okay. Yeah, we'll do that. Uh, and also, uh, um, with an easier growth comparable now in Q3 versus you have what you had now in Q2, um, and with your previous discussion with the Fredrag and the, uh, the slowdown in the media measurement in, in, uh, in the end of Q2 and the overall macro uncertainties, uh, would you say that it's possible? Do you have the foundation to accelerate growth in the second half over the 19% you presented now in Q2? Uh, is the foundations there to do that? I heard you mention new uh, new logos and so forth. Do you say, would you say that it's possible to accelerate, or would this be a level that you would be happy with maintaining? Um, hey, Victor. So, um, look, we 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 generally steer away from quarter, you know, from quarterly predictions or quarterly quarterly uh, guidance. Uh, I, I, I am going to stick to I am going to stick to what I said earlier, which is, you know, very confident. Uh, to get to the 25 in the medium term, uh, and very happy with current momentum. Okay, a little bit like that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And our next question comes from Daniel Thorson of ABG. Daniel, please go ahead. Your line is open. Yes, uh, thank you very much. The first one is uh, on realized synergies in this quarter. Did we see any decent contribution in? Uh, June or maybe already earlier in the quarter that uh, or did we really not see that much at all and we should expect much more in Q3 here what's the timing of it well I mean we saw you saw the headcount uh, kind of evolution um, but in terms of uh, in terms of uh, uh, in terms of the the actual kind of impact on the uh, on the P&L uh, Joachim do you want to say a couple of sentences on that uh, yes, I mean what we said in, in Q1 and what we saw now in Q2 was that the the effects of the integration plan and synergy plan came a little bit faster than we originally expected or planned. So yes, we saw impact in Q2. Uh, it was mainly then on OPEC side and people related at the slide try to illustrate. Um, we. I mean, we don't have any specific numbers to give you for Q2 and then uh, Q3, Q4, but we have the uh, at least 40 million, right? And we also have the split, original split between OPEX, growth and COGS buckets, where we say that the OPEX is going to be at least the 21.6, I think we had on the side, right? It was, I should probably not guess. Um, so yes, we see the OPEX, we see it come through Q2, it will increase in Q3 and Q4. But it's getting more, also, as you say, I mean, it's getting more and more based in, in a way, into organization, into kind of performance. So it's more and more difficult to isolate um, the synergy effects uh, and compare them to the plan. I mean, we have now a joint plan, and that's the one we are delivering on, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, true. Yeah, absolutely. It makes sense. I think my question related to kind of the timing where you saw the headcount decrease in Q2. Was it happening like the first, uh, second week of April or was it happening end of June, which then obviously ah. caused less or yeah. higher synergies realized in Q2, although we see the same effect in the full Q3. Ah, yeah, that was yeah. one okay. question. No, I, 
Yeah, okay. I think I think it's kind of evenly distributed in the quarter. So the the, the numbers uh, we put on the slide was the end of quarter headcount number. You have the averages to mentioned in the report, but but yeah, it's kind of evenly distributed. It's not no yeah, big we bump. Did, we, no, there wasn't a big a big sort of event uh, inside the company. No, it was it was done by department and over time. So over, during the quarter. Excellent, thanks. Uh, second question on the B2B customers, the data you provided us with now combined Sint and Lucid for 1,660. How was that in Q1? Do you have that number? And can you say something on new customer onboarding in Q2? So kind of what was the net increase here in the quarter? Do we have those numbers, Joachim? I don't have them in my head. Yeah, um, I do have them. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's uh, almost the same if you look at legacy synth because you saw that in Q1 because it was synth only in Q1. In Q2, we saw on the synth side. Now, again, we don't want to talk about synth and lucid, but, I mean, you could you could assume a similar kind of uh, intake on the synth side. And then we have looked at the lucid, so the rest is lucid contribution uh, clean of, uh, of overlaps. Okay, so underlying synth is trending around the 100-ish B2B customers intake in the quarter, and then Lucid kind of, their underlying, can you say something around that? Is that similar, 100 as, as Synth is doing in a quarter, or much le less or much more? Uh, no, I can't say, I'm afraid. But you're right on the Synth side. We said in the past, and you see in the historical numbers, that we have added roughly okay. 500 yeah. a year. It's 500, yeah. 500 a year, yeah. I think that's what we are heading to. Um, and then, uh, in honesty, I don't, I don't have the number for for uh, Lucid. Uh, Tom, do you want to give a flavor of it? Do you know? Um, no, I, I, I mean I think it's 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 as you, as you said, right? It's very hard to isolate because right now we're not selling as Lucid anymore, right? So and haven't been yeah. for six months. So it's 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 and and the sales teams were combined uh, very early on in uh, in in relatively early on in Q1. So it's I think it's, that's going to be very hard to isolate. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not after the isolation. I'm more after the total increase of your B2B customers in the quarter. And I guess that's uh, maybe then around 125 to 200, I guess, but I don't have the Q1 figure. So that was kind of the it's, if, if I had to, if I had to uh, sort of uh, uh, estimate, I think that's, that, feels, that feels right. Yeah, excellent. That's it for me. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. And our next question comes from Charlie Brennan of Jefferies. Charlie, please go ahead. Your line is open. Uh, great. Good morning, guys. Uh, two questions from me. Uh, firstly, one for you, Tom. Uh, you called out the midterms as being one of your reasons for optimism for the second half of the year. Uh, I was just wondering if you can size the potential benefit from that and whether that gives you uh, an organic growth headwind as we go into uh, into into 23. Uh, and then secondly, can you just talk about the OPEX plans going forward? It, it sounds like for the second half of the year, you're assuming that OPEX ticks up modestly. But how do we think about that in 2023 to support your growth ambitions? Uh, and I'm asking particularly in the context of consensus expectations that I think have got you at a 23% a EBITDA margin next year, so already within a whisker of your midterm targets. Yeah, uh, good morning, Charlie. So, um, so, so, so we start with the OPEX one. So um, 
Yes, I think you're right. Uh, modest uptick for uh, for the rest of the year because we do need to invest selectively for uh, future for future growth. Um, uh, but as we've seen, you know, kind of on a on a both a a sort of standalone basis pre combo and also now, we are you know increasingly getting the benefits of scale. So um, so I do uh, I do think we do need to invest selectively and we will uh, we will do that. Um, um, because it's it's important to be able to continue growth, and that you know the primary areas will be you know products and commercial, uh, I would say, uh, but not but, and we will see the benefits of scale as we as we continue to see the benefits of scale as we think into the future. On balance, do you think that means that consensus expectations for 23% margins next year feel about right, or do you think we're being too ambitious in uh, the extent of cost constraints into 23? Uh, I, I don't want to answer uh, that. So, no, I, no, I was going to say this was the red button, Tom. So yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> we are not going in. Uh, we uh, we are not going into uh, specifics on on uh, this year or next year. So we we stick to the mid mid term guidance of twenty five percent growth, uh, and obviously that's a journey now from now uh, to that. Uh, but we feel confident about that due to scalability and and synergy as well. And on the size of the benefit from midterms. Yeah, size of benefit. So, so again, we don't want don't want to size it specifically, but it it it's enough to make uh, a difference. If you look at the Lucid data from twenty uh, Q four twenty, uh, I mean, they had a nice uptick, uh, um, and um, you know, I would expect that to be similar this time around. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. And our next question comes from Frederick Little of Handles Banking. Frederick, please go ahead. Your line is open. Thank you very much. Thank you for taking my question. I have two of them, if I may. Uh, the first one is to go back and, and talk about your gross margin that in the traditional scene came in below 50% in Q1. And at that point in time, we had some discussions around it. And, you know, you have good demand, but, but at some cases you, you lack supply and thereby you had to pay up a little bit. How do you address that going forward? Maybe Tom, on a strategic level, how do you intend to build the connected consumers base as in order for you to be able to meet demands at all times? Uh, so that's really the first question. And then the second one also, maybe Tom, you, you comment in your uh, CEO speech in the report about your new infrastructure that is part of the uh, synergies or, or, or sort of the integration between the two companies. What what do you intend to? Are you building a fully new technical platform, a new engine for all, or or is a lot of integration between two platforms? So if you could put some color on that, would be great. Thank you. Yeah, sure. I'll take the second one first. So uh, what I meant by the infrastructure investment was, was this lead to cash project um, that, that, that I mentioned earlier today as well. So um, we see a lot of, uh, in, inevitably, um, as expected, you know, quite a lot of inefficiencies with, with two, you know, two companies understandably doing um, the sort of lead to cash process very differently. Um, and, and, you know, that's underpinned by, by, by history, by, you know, um, different pricing models, uh, different accounting rules, uh, with, uh, you know, 
uh, GAT versus IFRS and so on. So, um, so being able to standardize that uh, on a, from a process and technology perspective, I think is going to be hugely beneficial, um, uh, not just for us, but also for our customers. Um, um, so, you know, that's, that, that's, the, that's what I meant by the infrastructure investment. Um, so it's, the, it's, it's primarily the lead to cash. Um, and then, um, so does that, does, that, um, does that help? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then, in terms of supply, strategically, yes. Uh, so, so it, it's a, it's a, there's, there's, there's a couple of strands to the supply. So, first of all, to make sure we have enough supply strategically. So, first of all, there is a technology work stream to um, optimize as much as we can uh, what we call yield management. And yield management is the conversion rate of when a consumer gets asked to respond to a survey and the ratio that uh, or the percent that actually complete it. Right. So, so that's a that's a certain percentage. And, and, and by, by increasing that percentage, we can obviously, with our existing um, connected connect consumer base, uh, 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 do more surveys, right? So, so that's, a, that's a technology and a kind of an algorithm uh, focus, which we absolutely have, number one. Number two, um, we are in uh, very active discussions with our existing supply partners, um, particularly the larger, uh, more professional ones, to get a, a you know a larger percent of their total available supply, and that's you know a bunch, that's, that's commercial, strategic uh, type discussions and negotiations. Um, and then, and then uh, thirdly, we have a dedicated uh, supply sales team whose only job is to go and find new supplies globally. Um, so, so that is, uh, and we're in the process of beating that, uh, beating that team up uh, quite substantially now. Uh, we're, we're able to do that in, on the back of the combo, um, since we have some, you know, some really, you know, some really good people now, and, and we're going to pluck them out and, and, and focus them on, on, you know, dedicated new supply sales effectively. So that's the, those so, are the three strands that we are, we're investing into. Yeah, so follow up on that one, the third part you say there. Are, do you see yourself as more forward-leaning today than maybe two years back in terms of uh, your sales department recruiting new panels uh, to beef that up? Is, is that a more active work today than two yes. years ago? Yes, okay. I would say that, definitely. Uh, and it needs to be right. So because because the first of all, we're you know we're leaving money on the table when we can't when we can't you know when we can't complete surveys. Uh, I mean that's that's frustrating and irritating. And and in a world that that seems to be you know con, you know on an ongoing basis supply constrained, it's it's uh, it, it's something that we just need to do. So yes, I think we are focusing on it more. And then the final piece. I would say is, is obviously M and A. Um, it's not a priority. It's not a you know kind of primary focus area. But we we uh, we did buy Gatfish, uh, and that was for reasons of of um, you know building out our our, our supply in in in, uh, in the Doch uh, region. Um, we are we are kind of considering that as an option. M and you know further M and A continuing that as an option as a, as a possibility. But we think we've got some very good operational levers that we've just talked about before we before we start doing that. A final follow-up on all this this discussion. Then, uh, I mean, in a new world of inflation, can you raise your prices uh, onto your B two B customers, and, and in that way improve the metrics for your partners, and that way open up more supply? Is that would that work? Uh, yeah, so uh, it needs to work, right? I mean, we've we've had we've had uh, uh, you know low 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 or zero inflation for a long long time. So this is for 
um, us as a business, I would say it's, this is new territory. And for us as the industry, I think it's new territory. Um, but I, I can definitely say is we, we have started those, those discussions with, with, some, uh, with, with, with some partners. Um, you might recall that we generally have annual contracts um, that lock in sort of pricing and volumes and so on, but, but they're not all Jan, you know, they're not all Jan to December. They, they, they kind of renew at different times of the year. So, um, you know, as they renew, we're absolutely having those, those discussions, as indeed our market research partners are having with their, end, their brand end client as well. So, um, but it, it is new territory for the whole industry, I would say, um, but it, it, it absolutely needs to happen, and, and, and I think it will. And when it does, then obviously, as you as you say, you know, the respondent will get will get will get you know kind of more more probably get more rewarded for doing the uh, the surveys, which is which is hopefully going to unlock more supply as well. Perfect. Thank you very much. Thanks, Frederick. Thank you. As a final reminder, if you would like to ask a question today, please press star followed by one on your telephone keypads now. And our final question at the moment comes from Sarah Soderblad of SEB. Sarah, please go ahead. Your line is open. Uh, hi. Thank you. Uh, I just had a quick follow-up on the account receivables. Um, when you say that you've started the new initiatives already, um, do you think that we'll see the effects of that in Q3 already in terms of collecting payments, or what sort of timeline do you see in front of you? And also, sort of secondly, um, when looking at the breakdown of the accounts receivable in the annual report of 2021, the maximum overdue category was about 10% of sales. And so I was just wondering, uh, are, are you confident in your ability to collect these in the near term? or can you, And can you say anything about what happened with that ratio during H1? Yes, as I said, uh, we, we are on the process of aligning uh, the processes between Sint and Lucid on this. Um, we started close monitoring of it. We are confident to collect. Uh, and the aging structure is something we are improving currently. So I, I'm very confident that we will really have an improvement of the crash conversion cycle in there. And as I said, we are also not really commenting on exact impacts in the next quarters but there will be an impact. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. We currently have no further questions, so I'll hand the call back over to Tom for any closing remarks. Thanks, Nadia. So um, thank you all for, uh, for attending this morning. Um, we've certainly enjoyed uh, talking about uh, our business and giving you a little bit, uh, a little bit more color. Thank you for your continued interest uh, and for following us. And we look forward to um, speaking to you again uh, over the course of the next month. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This concludes today's call. Thank you all for joining. You may now disconnect your lines.